Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Just exercise your faith. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will provide. He is the provider. Give us our daily bread. So whatever you're struggling with this morning, quit doubting. I don't think God's going to do it. I've not been good enough. Has nothing to you been good enough. Trust Him. You can't be good enough. You don't earn it. You believe. Real faith defeats paralyzing doubt. Pastor Mark opens today's teaching reminding us of the story of Abraham and Isaac. God had asked Abraham to do the impossible thing, sacrifice his one and only son. Abraham didn't doubt God's plans. He knew that God's ways and plans were perfect, and all that he had to do was to obey. God would do what he'd promised to do. How often are we asked to do what may seem impossible by God? How often have we questioned God to be sure He really knew what was going on? You see, real faith believes and obeys God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 6, with his continuing study entitled, Real Faith Defeats Paralyzing Doubt. Now, verse 6, if you've never underlined it or circled it, you need to circle it in your Bible. It's one of the most important verses in all the Bible. Watch this. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. You see, Abram had a choice. He can either believe the promise that God repeats, or he can say, well, there's no proof. At this time, there was no proof. Sarah hadn't come to Abraham and says, hey, you know, I'm a little nauseated in the morning. Got some crackers for me? No, there's no proof of any pregnancy at all. Now, Abraham believed without proof. That's faith. That's hard. Look at the, the principle that's difficult for us. Look at, look at this verse from Paul. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. We live or we walk by faith. Not by, say it with me, not by sight. So here's the principle you want to write down. God designed our lives to be lived by faith, the promises of God, not by sight. Now, to be very honest, it's much easier for me to live by sight. If I see that guy in the bridge and I I happen to know him and I know him, he weighs 147, I'm on the bridge right now. It's easy for me to know that. But God says, no, just trust me. Abraham, there's, there's no proof. Just trust me. Well, I don't, uh, but, yeah, 
Remember, our faith is not about a man. It's in God. God's always true. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when you see this, it is easier to walk by our senses, what I can see, what I can believe. But God says, no, no, no. In fact, Hebrews 11 says this, God can only be pleased by faith. Maybe you're an agnostic or an atheist in one of our campuses this morning. Well, there's lots of proof for God. But God says, no, you must believe that I am and that I will reward you. Uh, If you accept me by faith, without sight, I'll credit you righteousness. You can be right with me. See, most people say this. Here's what people say. God, you prove that you're real, then I'll believe you. Here's what God says. You believe, and I'll prove to you I'm real. Well, I like to live by that. Who cares? You're not God. (laughs) Now, let me ask you a question. Could God prove he's real? Well, there's lots of proofs. In fact, you look up to the skies. There's no way man did that. God could step out this morning. It'd be neat. And he stepped out into heaven so that the whole world, 7.2 billion people see God. And he speaks, hello, I'm God, in a million languages. Would that solve the problem? That would solve it. There's God. Why won't God do that? Because you have to walk by faith, not by sight. Now, one day we'll see him as he is. Until then, we do this thing by faith. There's plenty of proof, but it will never be proof, ultimately. We live by faith. Now, when you see that, Abraham believed finally. He goes, okay, I get it. There is a child coming. He believed God, and God said to him, because you believe with no proof, you're right with me. You're righteous. See, that's the truth of salvation by faith alone. When you and I are saved, we're saved because of God's grace through faith. There's no proof then. There's no proof. Proof comes later because it changes us. Now, notice this happened before Abraham had done any good works. He doesn't do anything good. He's not even been circumcised, which comes way later. So it wasn't a good work. This was totally by faith. Now, back to James 22, 22, where you had your finger, all of our campuses, Watch how James talks about this. Remember, James started out in verse 21, says, Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Now watch what 22 says. So you see that his faith, and we're going to talk about his actions in a moment, were working together. And his faith was made complete by what? He did. Look at verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, totally by faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Now, why would he be called God's friend? Because God can only be pleased if we believe by faith. That's what pleases God. Now, look at verse 24. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. So James says this. There's going to be some action And we're going to see it in the scripture that proves that this faith was real. It just wasn't head knowledge. It's going to be from his heart. Now, turn, if you will, to the book of Hebrews. and It'll shorten the story for us. Hebrews, toward the end of the New Testament, you'll see what it is. Hebrews chapter 11. And you're going to see a story that's very difficult for us because we never see God asking this of anybody except himself with Jesus. It's kind of picture of Jesus going to the cross. As you get to Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to look at me for just a moment. Abraham became a believer because of grace and faith. We're saved by faith alone, not by works. But faith 
has to be tested to prove itself it's real. Faith is a muscle. Faith is a muscle. You see, if on that bridge, you, you can start out on that bridge, even if you can only go maybe a quarter of the way. Well, you, you've exercised it a little bit. You kind of got going. Faith is a muscle. So he's going to give Abram a test for his faith that you and I have never, ever been tested. Never this way. Look at verse 17. By faith, Abram, when God tested him, notice, he offered Isaac. So now they have a son. His name is Isaac, his only son, as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise, God said, you will have a son, he has a son, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Does that remind you of anybody? God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. And was Jesus Christ sacrificed for you and me? Yes, he was. He died on the cross so we could be saved. So this is kind of a picture of that. Look at verse 18. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So God asked Abraham to offer his own son as a sacrifice. That's weird to us. Now, that's an amazing test. Just look at me. What is going through Abraham's mind? Okay, the promise from God was that I have a son. Didn't happen in his time. Eventually, he has a son, Isaac. From Isaac is going to come Jesus and all these amazing things because every world is, every person in the world is going to be blessed because Jesus died for the whole world. Okay, I have my son. He's growing up. One day, God comes and says, sacrifice your son for me. Say what? Kill my son? If I kill my son, number one, that's ridiculous for me. Number two, how in the world is the promise going to be fulfilled? I mean, you told me he's going to be a son and from that promise is going to come the Savior of the world. So he's, he's struggling with that. But watch what happens in the next verse. Watch what happens in his mind. God gives him an insight. His faith is going to pass the test. Look at verse 19. And Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. See, Abraham just said this. Look, I trust God. I don't understand this, but I'm going to obey God. I'm going to put this into action. So in his mind, he's already sacrificed his son. And what he's saying here, he reasoned that if I do this, if I follow through physically, I know that somehow God will raise him from the dead. Now, had Isaac understand this? No, he doesn't. Does Abraham really understand it? No, but he reasons that God will keep his promise. Has Abraham ever seen anybody raised from the dead? No. But that's amazing faith. Abraham believed that if he did follow through and obey God, he would raise Isaac from the dead if necessary. So what James teaches us that Abraham proved his faith by his actions. He was ready to offer Isaac on the altar. His obedience showed that his faith was real, not in his head, but it was in his heart. Now, we know what happened at the end. As Abraham was ready to kill his son, God used an angel and spoke, Stop! In the bushes, was a lamb. And God said, You've proven your faith in me. Take the lamb sacrifice the lamb. Sound like the New Testament? The lamb of God that takes away our sin. It was a picture of Jesus. So at the right time, now if you're Abraham, would you have liked that to happen a little sooner? Anybody? (laughs) 
actually, if I'm stepping out the door and I've got the wood and I'm heading out to Mount Moriah to sacrifice my son, just getting out the door, I would like God to say, okay, uh, you trust me, it's over. I'd like that timing a little better, personally. But he waits till the end. So what does that teach us? Well, God was testing Abram's faith. And here's what I want you to write this morning. And I want to talk to us about it for a moment. Don't doubt. Believe and obey. You don't have to understand to obey. Believe and obey, and God will provide. Now, some of you here in Melbourne or Vieira, Sebastian, you guys watching online, there's an area of your life where you're lacking. Now, God's promised to provide our needs according to his riches. He'll give you your needs. He won't give you your wants. We're too selfish a person. But God will provide. So I don't know what you're waiting for. It could be physical, could be financial, could be a, a, a spiritual thing, even an emotional relationship, some kind of a relationship. You're, you're praying for your spouse to become safe. You're praying for the job that can provide. You're praying for a healing in your body. I want to say to you this morning, trust God. God will provide. That's the test of your faith this morning. Now, you're going to say, well, I don't like the timing. I don't like the timing either. But God's timing is always perfect. Just exercise your faith. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will provide. He is the provider. Give us our daily bread. So whatever you're struggling with this morning, quit doubting. I don't think God's going to do it. I've not been good enough. Has nothing to you been good enough. Trust him. You can't be good enough. You don't earn it. You believe. Real faith defeats paralyzing doubt. See, some of you, that doubt, it's affected your whole life. And you're waiting till like, look, there's going to be many of those things in our life. Just trust God. He always does the right thing. He will provide. So now we have a picture of faith from a man who's a Jew. Now we're going to see a woman who is actually a Gentile. So we've covered all of our bases this morning. Let me read to you from James 2. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute. How'd you like that? What's your name? My name's Rahab the prostitute. Thank you very much. Was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? Let's turn to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. Old Testament, right near the start of the Bible. Now, let me give you a little quick update. Moses passes away. And Joshua takes over as the leader of two to three million Jews. They're trying to get into the promised land, which God promised for them. There's enemies in the promised land. The first city they're going to have to uh, capture is a city called Jericho. It's a difficult city. So in this passage, you see that Joshua is going to send two spies in. Watch this. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Look at your Bibles. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We're gathering faith as we read the Bible this morning. You, you now see Abraham and God will provide. See, that, that's, a, that's faith that will help you. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, especially Jericho, first city they're going to come to. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. Now, these two Jewish spies in a very dangerous place, and they're trying to go in the city and not be notified, noticed. 
What do they figure? Let's go where lots of traveling merchants would stop, and it would be one of these kind of a restaurant, a tavern with prostitutes there. So they're going to mix in there, and it's going to go crazy. Now, can you imagine going back to Joshua and say, well, how'd your trip go? Well, good. Where did you stay? Well, the house of a prostitute. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Well, why were they in the house of a prostitute? Well, they had reasons for going there, but God directed them. Because in this house is Rahab. She's a pagan. She's been abused and used by men her whole life. She knows that this isn't what life's about. These men don't know, but she's been searching for the real God. She's heard about, you'll see in a moment, the real God. So what does God do? Directs them right to Rahab. By the way, you can go to the New Testament and you find that in the lineage of Jesus is Rahab the prostitute. You say, in Jesus' line? Yeah. How's your line? Any better? <laughs> no, because we were all what? Sinners. Separated from God. So that's just a beautiful picture of how God came and his son came through imperfect people. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm an imperfect person. Just go ahead. Just tell him right now. Right now. Just tell him. Yeah. If anybody argues with them, have them see me or the pastor at the end of the service. We'll talk with them. Now, as they're there, you're going to see some amazing things. She is going to hide these two spies. Look at verse 2. And the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So no matter what they did to hide themselves, the king finds out. So he comes into this tavern and he says to Rahab, where are they? And she actually lies. She's not a believer yet. And says, uh, they left just before you got here. In fact, they're headed back across the way to where the Israelites are. And if you leave now with your men, you can catch them because they've already got a head start on you. So off the king goes. Now, the next thing we find out is this. Look at verse 8. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof. She had hidden them on the roof. Up on the roof. She hidden them. The king was deceived. Look what she says in verse 9. And he said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who will live, all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Now, I want you to look at verse 10. We have heard how the Lord. Look at me. We have heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She has no Bible. But what God had done at the Red Sea and defeating the other cities many years before and then currently, I won't read all the verses, that nation had heard there's some God over these people called Israelites that has amazing power. I mean, he split the Red Sea. So she's heard this, and what did that stimulate in there? Faith comes by, come on, come on, come on. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. She doesn't have a Bible. She just heard what God had done. God allowed that to happen. Now, some were fearful. She was searching. She said, that's the answer. Now, look at verse 11. When we heard of it, our hearts melted, for everyone's courage failed because of you. Watch this. Watch this. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. See, she knew who God was, 
and she knew who she was, and she's going to bet her whole life on trusting these two spies, so she hides them. That's the faith that saved her. She never met him, but she says, the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. She knew who God was. She knew who she was, and she says, I'm trusting God for my life, so I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to absolutely hide these men for you. See, she'd been searching all. Do you realize how many people around us this morning are searching for God? And God has given you a testimony. See, she heard about the amazing things that God had done. You'll see that in a moment. So don't don't discount. People are always searching for God because they're empty without him. She believed that the God of the Hebrews was the true God. She doesn't have a Bible, but she just knows it. And she decides to identify herself with this God, whatever the cost may be. Now watch what she does next. Look at verse 12. So she says to these two spies, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers, my sister, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives is the response from these two spies for your life. You've saved us. We promise to save you. The men assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord brings us back into the land. So what does Rahab do? She asks the spies to promise to spare her. And who else? Her family. Now, she's not a believer yet, but this is amazing to me. See, we're very selfish. She doesn't say, just save my own skin. She says, save my whole family. Remember, we started the book of James talking about our lost loved ones. James was a skeptic, the half-brother of Jesus, all his life until he met Jesus after the resurrection. Don't give up praying for your family, your relatives. You see, that's huge. That's huge. So she says, I don't want you to just say to me, will you promise to save my whole family, all my relatives? Look at verse 21. I accept your terms, she replied. In other words, they, these two spies say, look, if you, if you get us out of here and don't tell, we'll, when we come back, we'll save you and your whole family. So I accept your terms, she replied. And she sent them on their way, leaving this scarlet rope hanging from the window. Now, what would have been her real faith was to believe this was the one true God? She believed that. She had no proof of it, but she believed it. Now, what would not be real faith after that? If she would have said this to the guys, well, I'm going to hide you upstairs, but there's nothing I can really do to help you at all. In fact, I think I won't hide you. Just kind of stay down here. Let's see what happens. Well, they would have been caught. It had been over. See, real faith does something. She hid them. She just didn't say nice words. See in the bridge? Well, I'd like to go on that bridge. I'd really like to go on that bridge. That'd be exciting to get to the other side. I think I'll really get on that bridge. Thank you. There's no faith there. It's dead. So she says, look, I believe in this God enough to risk my whole life for you. God makes a request of you to do something that seems just too impossible. What do you do? That's what Pastor Mark asked us in today's teaching. Do you run away in the opposite direction, or do you walk ahead knowing that God will walk with you because He's directed your steps? We learned today that when we have real faith, our doubts are defeated and we're moved into action. 
Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will give us steps to take to trust God for everything that He calls us to do. Our faith in Him removes every doubt. We obey Him because we know that nothing is impossible for Him to achieve, and He chooses us to accomplish it. How exciting it is when we walk in that kind of faith and see how it can impact the lives of others. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Hear your